What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Essential 11, brought to you by Acton Academy. Acton Academy, Placer, Apogee, Strong, and of course, our friends over at Discover Praxis. Check the link below, discoverpraxis.com. The best option post high school, uh, in my opinion, that you are going to find. Um, today's guest is uh, a man by the name of Ensima Inyang. Uh, and Sima was generous enough to come to the studio, uh, hung out with us while we chatted with the Apogee Strong guys. Um, he is a man's man, uh, but a brilliant human being. Uh, he is a an online coach, a uh, YouTube star, podcaster, uh, elite level power lifter, former Mr. California bodybuilder, uh, just the epitome of the savage gentleman. Um, but what I think you're going to find too is just a very humble, down-to-earth, brilliant human being, and it was a pleasure having him. So, Mr. Ensima Inyang. So, guys, this is Ensima Inyang right here. Man, Ensima, here's all the uh, here's all the dudes. All right, so... Did I say it wrong? Ensima. It's all good. It's, 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 it's a Nigerian Not name. Not Ensima. Ensima. Like Ensima High School, yeah. except with an M. Yeah, dude, that's what I said. Yeah, uh, yeah right? it is what you Isn't said. That's exactly, what, that's exactly what you said. exactly what I said, yeah. right? Yeah. I said that ish. Um, <laughs> and, and look, dude, we're gonna clear. we're going to clear the air right now because we know all the stuff that swirls, all the stuff on the internet, all this, like, we're not related. Yeah. People used to think we're cousins. All the time. All the time. Dude, the amount of like DMs I get, they're like, you guys look just alike. Your physiques, right, are just... Except everybody says you have a better beard than I do. They're identical. <laughs> that's the, that's the, the big difference. I got the beard, dude. That's the only thing that's different. Because otherwise, they're like identical. They're like, exactly. you're both so jacked. You know, like it's just, it's crazy, man. The only difference is like you're two inches taller than me. Yeah, and that's true. That's it. So, Ali, two inches tall, what a jerk. So, we, <laughs> so, uh, so we got in, I got in here this morning to put myself, and Ali's like, hey, I actually made his chair shorter to make it look like you guys, are, <laughs> to make it look like you guys are the same height. Uh, cool, oh, man. That's man. awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great. Oh, what a jerk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I sent you guys a, a little bit, uh, a little bit about Ensema earlier this week, so you guys could look some things up. But um, we always like to just kind of start with kind of the X Men origin story, man. Kind of, yeah. kind of the story of you, and so kind of how you grew up, and and kind of getting to where you are now, and and then we'll uh, we'll kind of dive into to some more things. Got it. Okay, I'll, I'll keep it quick. I'll, I'll try to keep it as quick as possible. Because most people know me for doing stuff within fitness. Mm -hmm. So most people wonder about like how I started in fitness. Yeah. Um, I started doing sports when I was six, playing soccer. I got injured when I was 13 years old. So when I got injured, I was playing soccer for seven years already. Um, at 13, that's when I started lifting because I got something called Oshkut Slaughter. It's like uh, in your knees yep. when you, yeah, you know what Oshkut Slaughter is. I do indeed. Yeah, so I couldn't run for three years. That's what put me in the gym. So when I started wow. training in the gym, I started playing soccer again at 16 when Oshkut Slaughter went away, but I kept training in the gym from that point on. So now at this point, I've been training for like 16 years. Um, and I was in college for biomedical sciences, but then I left college to start training people in the gym in person, mm -hmm. and then started working with people online, and then I ran into Mark in 2015, and then started working with him on the podcast in 2018, I think. And it's that's kind of like the very condensed yeah. story yeah. of where we are now. Did you grow up out here? Yeah, Sacramento. Where where did you go to school? Um, I went to Sutter Middle School, and then I went to Miraloma High School. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. right, man. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, 
soccer was that was the start that was your yeah. that was your deal mm -hmm. i played at sac state too but then i got i okay. got injured there i got surgery on my foot and then i had to stop playing soccer there also got it man dude i did not realize so mm -hmm. so now and he's you know being very 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 humble about this and so you know now he's you know doing the things in the gym and then working with mark bell on the podcast and all this um but you are an elite level bodybuilder you are an elite level power lifter yeah uh, you are a jiu-jitsu athlete. I mean, you've got a lot of other stuff going down too. So I want to talk about all those as well. So that's, Absolutely. so the injuries got you into the gym. Was powerlifting first? Was bodybuilding first? Yeah. Was... So I, I did bodybuilding style training along with soccer okay. um, for like eight, nine years. I competed in bodybuilding in 2012 to 2015 and did like 15 shows. Um, and I got top five in the world at WNBF Worlds to Natural Federation, so they drug test. Yeah. I got top five in the heavyweight division, and that was my last show in Canada in 2015. From there, that's when I started competing in powerlifting because like, I was, just wanted to do something in my off-season of bodybuilding, so yeah. then I did. Um, I did a powerlifting competition. I had an elite level total. Uh, and then that's when I also started doing jujitsu because powerlifting got a little bit mm, monotonous for me. And jujitsu was a—it's a martial art that has a lot of moving parts. Um, it never really stops evolving. You—it it never stops evolving, no matter how long you do it. So then, when I started doing that, I got addicted to that, and now that's my main athletic focus. Um, and I still work with bodybuilders and powerlifters and jujitsu athletes online. Yeah. But my athletic focus and the things that I train in mostly uh, is jujitsu, along with the gym, but mainly jujitsu. That's legit. So yeah. And who and are you with Cassio? Cassio Wernick over yeah. here in uh, Sacramento. Yeah, yeah. Legend. He's good. Uh, he's real good. Yeah. Yeah. He's real good, man. That's a whole bunch of good dudes. That's rad, man. Yeah. Um, so how did you run into Mark? Was that through the, through the power lifting? Yeah. So Mark, I didn't even know how he knew who I was because in, uh, 2015, I, actually drove down to the LA Fit Expo so I could try to network with some people, see if I can network with anybody in the fitness industry. And we saw each other at Barbell Brigade in okay. LA. And he's okay. like, oh, he's like, you're in SEMA, right? I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. if you knew who I was. And then he just invited me to come train at the gym. So I started training at Super Training. Um, initially, it wasn't even podcast stuff because like, I knew who Mark was. And yeah. I was like, let me just see if I can figure out a way to work with these people. So... I, they, they, at that time they were doing expos, you know how they'd go out to fitness expos yep. and they'd sell product. Yep. So they had a San Jose expo and I was like, can I just drive down and help you guys? I didn't even want to get paid. I yeah. was just like, let me just drive down and come help you guys out. Yep. I know how to sell stuff. They're like, yeah, if you want to. So I just drove down. I wasn't expecting to get paid. I was just like, let me just see how I can help. And then from there, um, it was good. I sold a lot of slingshots and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then they started, you know, bringing me out to expos with them and flying me out to expos. And then in 2018, um, Mark asked if I just wanted to be a part of the podcast with him. And that's where that started. That's so awesome. that was sick. And even with the podcast, it's, it's interesting. Like, um, I didn't, I didn't ask how much I wanted to get paid or anything. I was just like, yeah, let's just freaking yeah, let's do just it. Go. And I didn't, I didn't ask about money or anything for yeah. a while. And then we like, everything went well. Audience thought that we all meshed well together. Then we started working with sponsors and now it's, Good. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but I think a big thing is like when I when I looked at a lot of these opportunities, I didn't look at them for like how much can I make right now. I looked at them for how much can I give right now to whoever I'm trying to work with so that they can see the value in what I can do. Bingo. And then uh, see what happens later. Bingo. One of the biggest things we talk about with these guys with with the acting students and one of the hardest things to get across to to adults, mm -hmm. in, to adults, dude, but to, to young people in general, as we, we say, man, it's not ready, aim, fire is, is ridiculous. It's fire, aim, ready, go. 
do it. Mm-hmm. Provide value. Go go jump in and help where you can help. And then that is going to open up more doors where then you can kind of start to aim and you can start to create a goal around that. But if you don't start with that action, you, you're, you're overplaying. And it's the whole analysis paralysis kind of deal, yeah. right? And, yeah. and that's what so many people struggle with, man. So where do you think you got that kind of innate? Because I think that way too. Mm-hmm. But what I've seen is that so many, the majority of people don't. So where do you think that came from? Is that, do you think that came from a parenting thing? Was it a sports background thing? Is it just a DNA thing? Like where for you personally, where did that, like, hey man, I'm just going to go in and try to help and provide value. And then, I mean, let's see what happens after that. That specifically, a lot of stuff came from my mom because my mom, it's, it's, it's interesting. As far as my, I'll give you a quick rundown on like my academic background because it's kind of weird. Um, back when I was really young, American River College and like Sac City College, they used to allow kids to take classes with adults before they stopped that. Mm-hmm. So she started having me take music theory classes at um, Sac City and American River when I was six with adults. And then they stopped that program. But since I was already taking classes at college yep. with these students, they just grandfathered me in. Cool. So I was taking a bunch of math classes and stuff like that. I finished calculus by the time I was like 13. I didn't have to take those classes in high school or college. Um, and I think it's partially just because I was around adults a lot. That was one reason why mm-hmm. I didn't really care or I didn't have any, let me say, uh, discomfort just trying to go into things and just, yep. just like, hey, let me, let, me, let, me, let me try this out um, without any, I guess, background. Um, when, I was, when I was 21, that's when I started doing my online business. But I wasn't charging people for a while yeah. because I didn't have any, like, I didn't have... Um, and experience working yeah. with people online. But I yeah. knew I needed to do that so I can figure out a way to stop training people in person. And I just worked with people for free. So I told like people I knew, hey, let me do this for you for free so I can see if this can work. And then if I can make it work, then I can start actually charging people for yeah. it. So I just worked with people online for free for six months yeah. while I was training people in person so I can get an idea of how this can work and then how I can start charging people for it. So a lot of the things that I've been doing and a lot of the things I've done started off being things that were not paid or not monetary yep. because I wanted to get some experience with right. it first. Right. And then once I was able to get some experience and understanding, then I was able to start like working with Mark. Then we were able to start like charging for it or um, with my online coaching business. Then I was able to start charging for that. But I initially it was just like, I don't care about the money. I just it's care about the experience. Just the experience. That's yeah. it. Collecting experiences yeah. man, and not being afraid of the responsibility that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing that, um, for you know as far as the hiccup for a lot of these young guys is we are literally i mean we have the i lay out the keys to the kingdom for the guys downstairs for these guys here yeah the keys to the kingdom like hey you have access to all things we do um social do you want do you want to run our social media account run the social media account hey high school guys do you want to run this campus when i say run the campus i mean do you want to be the lead guides in this stop paying tuition you can be the lead mm-hmm. guides of this campus yeah um can we help you build out these businesses do you want to and the initiative to take it on is so overwhelmingly scary for so many of them so then we're having to do these baby steps which i get but we're having to do these baby steps but you jumped in as a young person and just went cool man i've decided to kind of be an adult already with the things that I'm taking mm-hmm. on. And I think you're right. I think that is a slingshot into 
into maturity and into the willingness to take these things on, you know, um, I do a lot of the, the speaking for the fortune 500 companies and it's all around generational stuff. And one of the, the research firm that I work with did this massive scale, uh, uh, survey, I guess, for lack of a better word. And, and the question was, at what age do you become an adult? They're asking people in this country, right? Yeah. And when do you become an adult? Qualification is you can't live at home, got to pay your own bills, and you have to have at least a part-time job. When do all those three things come together? The number one answer from, from the millennial generation overwhelmingly was 30 years old. 30. I lived on my own since I was 17, mm -hmm. right? Gone. I mean, done, gone from the house and never took it and never took another dime. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm paying my own way for school, paying my own way to live, paying my, and sometimes that worked and sometimes it didn't. And sometimes yeah. there was stints in a car as a young, you know, a teenager. And there's, I mean, but the maturity I gained from that and the grit I gained from that is something I would never turn away. Mm -hmm. So many people don't want that responsibility so young now. Yeah. You know, I think an interesting thing real quick is that for example, when I started doing the the podcast with Mark in 2018, mm -hmm. I was deathly afraid of doing it. Um, it wasn't because he he said, "Hey, you want to do it with me?" And I was yeah. like, "Yes." Yeah. I just immediately said yes. Yep. But the next thought I had was, "I don't know how to talk about anything for 90 minutes. I've never done that before. Yeah, like right. I don't like even though I know about stuff in fitness, I've never done interviews like that. I've never done anything in the podcasting realm in that in that sense." So I was like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to be able to do this with you because you have these years of experience. He's been podcasting since 2013, 2012, right. and I had no experience with it. But I just immediately said yes because there's an opportunity right there. And I yep. was like, okay, let me just. Now I got to figure it out. Let me just figure out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like say yes first and then figure it out later. Yeah, Map man. it out. Figure out how you can have conversation. Watch. I watched a lot of just good podcasts from that point before yep. I started with him because I was like. There has to be some type of technical ideas to just having a conversation. It's yeah. not as hard as it is. Sure. Like, it's not super hard. Sure. But a lot of things have just continued to be, especially if they're great opportunities, just say yes and then figure it out. Mm. Like, because there's no guide, really. There's no guide That's at all. Right. So you just have to figure it out, mess with things, and, and, and get things moving. That's right. But one thing from what you said, too, I'm, I'm curious about this. Because I come, from a, I come from a Nigerian household or an African household. Right. And... It's not abnormal. Like, I when I went to college, I lived in the dorms for a while, and then this is this is backstory. But when I when I left college, my mom didn't know I left college for a year. Okay. Okay. She didn't know I left college yep. for a year. Um, and I, I I lived in an apartment over in Arden for a while, um, and she thought I was in school. But I needed to kind of I needed to make something first, show that hey, I'm actually working and making money. Yeah. Uh, before I it could tell her, yeah. Before, yeah. because for for our culture, I think a lot of other cultures too. Yeah. It's either doctor, lawyer, engineer. Right. And if you're not one of those, right. you, you you're a failure. You, you blew, blew it. it. You blew it. Um, <laughs> but I'd also say within those cultures, there's a lot of support. So even so, like for example, I know that when I get older. Um, Somehow I need to have my mom live with me like she needs to like she's she's 60 something years old and she's strong She's she, whatever, sure. but there is a strong like family unit. There's not like you need to go out and like just do this on your own So I'm, I'm curious about the American way of you know 
becoming an adult, getting out of the house at 18, doing everything on your own, mm-hmm. versus a lot of other cultures, they mm-hmm. try to work together yeah. as a conglomerate yeah. and put things together. What do you think yeah, about that? That's a really good question, man. I think what it comes down to, because one of the things you talked about is you said there's a lot of support. And then there was, when you say, look, there's this uh, need, you got to be a doctor, a lawyer, the engineer, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. There is an inherent standard that yeah. is set there. So what I think for us and kind of this American culture, what is missing truly are those standards for so many. Okay. We are delaying responsibility for our young people. Mm -hmm. We're delaying that adulthood. And so for so many of our young people right now, I think the best thing for them is to get thrust into that. You're right. Right. If they've never had the ability to do that. Um, if they're, if those standards have been set at home, uh, and then you're working together to create something, then I think it's a whole different story, man. I think mm-hmm. it's a whole different story. Cause again, we're looking at ultimately we're getting to, you're wanting to get to this individual who is fully capable of being personally responsible and in being personally responsible, they can do their part to make the world a better place. Right. Yeah. I mean, I truly believe that's what we're trying to get when we have taken our responsibility and, and cut our kids off at the knees early and we want to save them from any kind of heartache and headache and and it's okay honey you know i know you're 15 but there's no chores around the house there's no there's no standard i just want you to be happy here's your cupcakes here's your like when we soften our people that much give them everything yes sir i think that's where i think that's where the disconnect is um so i don't think there's anything wrong with uh, the cultures that come i mean i think that's a beautiful thing the cultures coming together and that support mm-hmm. you know i think that's great yeah. Um, we just don't see it. Yeah, no, that, that that's really true. I think um, a big thing that my mom continued to do for me when I was younger was even though she was an, she was a civil engineer, by the way. Mm. Okay, She was a civil engineer. My mom and dad were divorced, but my dad was also an engineer, too. So, yeah. like, there was, there was this idea, like, number one, I graduated college. I'm an engineer. You better not do worse than me. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you sure. need to move the needle forward. For sure. Right? Um, but she also, even though I started doing things outside of the typical schooling realm, I was like, I, I owned a private gym with two other guys when I was like mm-hmm. 20, 21. We, we, were, we owned a space and we trained people in there. Um, and this, not going to school and not getting a degree and doing this was very abnormal for anybody in my culture. Right. So all the Nigerians like right. in Sacramento kind of know about what each other's doing. Yep. And when people found out that I left school, I was getting people just on my neck, like, what are you doing? You're failing, you're gonna be a failure. Go back to school, get your degree. Um, but when I started doing things online and I started realizing what could be built, um, if you just put yourself out there, start creating things, right. start giving people things that they need. Cause yep. I started creating content on like YouTube in 2012 and I was just answering questions, answering mm-hmm. questions. That's how everything else got built from there. But by doing that and then by seeing all a lot of other people I know that have been able to create things online, whatever it be, whether it be businesses, whether it be wholesale products, whatever, yeah. right now is the best time ever to honestly be an individual or be a young person in America because there's a disgusting amount of possibility for you to do anything you want to do with something you're interested in. Like you couldn't always, if you were interested in basket weaving or, or something within that random niche realm, it wasn't always that you could actually do something successful with that in this country. But now you actually can, you just need to find out how to do it with the internet. That's right. That's really it. That's right. It's insane. That's right. And that, um, 
that shift is what people are still having a hard time, I think, culturally getting their minds around, right? Yeah. And yeah. so like when you've got your your community, um, you know, coming behind you and going, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're going to blow it. Like, that's what they're doing that out of a place of love, love. for sure. Yeah. Because they want you to be an educated individual. Mm-hmm. For a long time, being an educated individual meant school. Mm-hmm. They were one and the same. Now, as the world is continuing to grow and shift, for a number of reasons, education and schooling are becoming diametrically opposed, right? That's a different thing. They're becoming two different things because the world of schooling is moving towards uh, an indoctrination. There's been a takeover. I mean, essentially, there's been a takeover, and it's moving towards an indoctrination, and it's moving towards a perpetuation of that handicap that we were talking about earlier to create this delayed adulthood kind of scenario and a, and a populace of people that can't truly actually think. Whereas education now is freely and readily available. Mm-hmm. And so now it's just, can you, will you take the impetus to go ahead and do that and go create? And so that's, again, where it comes down to like their mindset uh, is, is everything. Because if you're willing to go through and learn what needs to be learned and unlearn stuff that no longer matters, we've got a world now where you can be unstoppable. Absolutely. And, and and I think one big thing that we, we got to do, a hurdle that I see a lot of individuals that I know in my life that are millennials, for example, mm-hmm. my age group, um, 24, 25 to 29, outside of school, they don't know how to self-educate because yep. they're too used to being in settings where everyone's telling them what they need to do, what they need yep. to learn, what they need to read, the tests they need to take. Yep. They're too used to that. So because they're so used to that, they don't know or they're just not used to going over to a bookstore and grabbing some books on a specific topic that they want to learn and reading through those books. Mm-hmm. They're not used to for, like searching out this information and learning on it for their own because you're not used to learning information on your own. That's right. So I've found that ever since I started doing that in my early 20s, reading a lot, um, getting a lot of self-development books, but also books within my field in terms of fitness, mm-hmm everything just got exponentially easier yeah. because it's literally everything that I need knows right there. I yeah. don't need I don't need my school to tell me what I need to learn for my specific right. like for my specific field. Right. I can just learn immediately if I want it. to and just go get it. Yeah. It's the easiest time to learn anything and it's the easiest time to apply anything because for me um, I used to be very insecure when I was when I was younger because I had a I had a certification but I was like I don't have a degree. But what I told myself was if I could put forward enough information into the internet where enough people can get benefit from it and I can have a library of stuff where people can go into my stuff and see what I know, I don't necessarily need that. And that has been the case. Like ever since, like I I haven't been asked if I have a kinesiology or whatever degree since I can't remember when. I I really can't remember. Maybe I was like 22 or 23 or something like that. But it's because I've already put on so, like I've put forward so much information. I've shown people what I know. and. It's gotten people results. And it's worked. And it's worked. So I don't need the standard level of things because I've shown my work. That's it. We could, I fully believe we could, in, in a generation's time, we could make people believe that they needed a degree in parenting before they were allowed to be a parent. Whereas we all, and the, and the people that got those degrees 
would be quick to tell the people who are parenting multiple children and doing so successfully exactly how they should be doing it, having never done it themselves. It is the ultimate pyramid scheme of academia in general, right? There's so much of that. There are so many of the professors that I had that were espousing all kinds of things, but they'd never actually done anything. You go to most MBA programs, they are run by, and there's some phenomenal professors for sure, but the majority of them are run by professors who are professors of entrepreneurship but have never run a business. Mm -hmm. I would rather go to Gary Vaynerchuk, who is doing just fine yeah. and who is actually a practitioner and and see what he's doing and see what his advice is. And it's the it's the exact same, it's the exact same thing. Um, and we have been duped. How do you stay away from you personally? How do you stay away from because you're right, there's never been a time where we've had more information at our fingertips. There's also never been a time that we've had more available distractions too, right? Like there are so many ways to be distracted versus streaming, you know, our favorite thing. And you can sit down, like people take, it's it's a great thing that we've got Netflix and we can sit down, you can watch an entire season. Like that's cool, man, that's awesome. But there's also the element of you might just sit down for 16 hours in a day and watch an entire freaking series of Netflix. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we grew up, like I remember being pissed as a kid because I got home five minutes late and I missed, you know, Hulk Hogan wrestling somebody on what it was like, cool, man. Well, now I don't get to watch it until next week. Yeah. Like, but I had the entire week where I didn't have that to just stream that whole time. You know, uh, video games have become an amazing, and I, and, you know, and I'm not personally a gamer and it's cool if people are gamers, that's great. But the reality of gaming addiction and grown men not taking care of responsibilities because they're doing 20, 30 hours a week on a video game, dude, that's real. That's real. <laughs> yeah, okay, let me, right? let, me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something real quick. Um, when I was a teenager, I was mad addicted to video games. Oh, dude. Um, so y'all probably don't know about this, but uh, there was Counter-Strike Source. Okay, Counter-Strike Source, I was really freaking good. And the problem with me is I'm, I'm competitive at nature. Yeah. So when it came to gaming, yep. I was also extremely competitive too. For sure. So I would put hours in these games. Uh, there's this MMORPG called Maple Story that I used to play when I was younger too. Some of y'all may know about it. If you Maple don't, it's Story. all good. It's all good. It was an MMO, um, and those games are rough because you get to play with like the world. Like you have this yes. character, you build it up, yep. you have a bank account. Like it's 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 messed up. Yeah. Um, but I used to play those games oh, like hours when I was younger, and my mom. Since she was at work, she didn't know what I was doing. I'd just always press Control Alt Delete so the window would go down while I was, yeah, you know. So for sure. yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> with that being said, when I got into college, I was like, "Oh God, if I keep doing this, I won't be able to get anywhere." So I had to literally delete those accounts that I put a lot of time into. I also played League of Legends. I don't know if anyone plays League of Legends, but I played that League in the past too. I had to quit. Aditya knows what's yeah, up. Yeah, you know, you know what's up. I had to quit playing League, brother, because it was too, oh, it was too time consuming. So. Anyway, I realized how bad that was for me. So I literally had to delete my accounts so that I couldn't, so that I could focus on what I need to focus on. Nowadays, though, I do have a PS5, yep. but I barely get to play any games on it. And, and I have games for it, but I have games that I haven't even started. And yep. the reason why that's actually possible for me, because I've thought about this, I really do enjoy gaming, but why is it that I'm not actually playing these hours a day? Actually, I haven't even. I haven't touched any of my games for weeks. Yeah. And whenever I do, I can only play it for like an hour, an hour and a half or something like that. But it's because I'm so interested in what I'm currently doing. Yeah. Like my my work 
even though it's work, it yep. doesn't feel like work all yep. the time because it's something that I'm actually right. truly interested in, yep. I'm fulfilled in, and I get meaning from it. Bingo. Now, if it wasn't, if, if my work was just a job yeah. that I was going in, I was just getting something done and I, I really disliked what I was doing and I right. didn't get any meaning or what didn't truly interest me, I would fall back into something that interested me more. Big and time. what would interest me interest me more playing freaking uh, Returnal or Ratchet and Clink on my PS4? For sure, man. For <laughs> you sure. Know what I mean? For sure. So that's why it's so easy for me at this point. Because yeah. if I wasn't interested in what I'm doing, as far as jujitsu and all those stuff, if I didn't have as much interest there, yep. bro, I'd be gaming so It'd be right easy now. to do. And man, I dude, and I, I know, and I know, and I know, I would not be impervious to that either. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely the trick. Like, I think we are, especially guys, man, we are born with this, that competitive nature is in there and that yeah. desire for what you were talking about, that meaning, that purpose, um, that pursuit, that dragon to go slay, you know, like that is, that is in there. So we're going to find that yeah. in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's an easy way to get sucked. It's like, man, I can go slay those dragons over there on, and you know whatever these games are man it can fulfill that it can fulfill that and i and i don't you know um like i don't i don't knock i know a lot of you guys game too man like go get it that's great where it becomes an issue is when real responsibilities i think when real responsibilities start to to go by the wayside because of this and you now you're 35 and you never moved out of the house and you don't have a job and mom mm. and dad are paying your bills because you're gaming full time, right? And and pretending that that's going to end up being a career or something. For some people it can, for sure. But there's a lot of people that play pretend on that too. And I know a lot of marriages that have broken up because the guy just wants to do this or he loses a job because he just wants to do this and he's not happy and he complains about what he doesn't have, you know, but he wants the results of the work he hasn't put in yeah. because the results are over here in whatever that game is, you know? And so that's, and again, gaming's just one example. I think we can get distracted from, you know, for so many things. Easily. But, you know, I also have this, I, it's not an original idea of mine, but I realized that a lot of stuff that I do right now, I've kind of gamified life. And in games, mm. like you have specific goals, you have specific things that you're trying to achieve with your character. You know, there are, there are pets you can unlock. There are all these yep. things where like you can unlock achievements in a yes. lot of games. So, for example, for me, when it comes to jujitsu, jujitsu is like it's like a fighting game. Yeah, me. man. Because like first off, there's so many again, there's so many things one can do. There's so many ways you can advance, and when things click, it feels like you're just progressing, right? So there's that. But with a lot of things that I do, I have lists of things that I'm literally trying to achieve on a day to day basis, or yeah. things I need to get done that is going to get me closer to hitting these specific goals and all the things yep. I'm trying to do. Yep. And because I'm so interested in these things, and because they make me feel so fulfilled, when I beat an achievement, I'm like. Let's fuck. Let's yeah. freaking go. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good, man. No, you know you're know good. I mean? Trust me, we've had some. Um, good. Okay, okay, good, good. <laughs> but 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 that's the thing. I feel like you can feel that same thing within life because all all yes. games are. It's like, it, yeah, it, it's you're, you're heading towards a goal to be yes. the end boss or whatever it is. Yep. And you can do the same thing with what you're doing in life. You just yep. have to make it interesting. That's enough for right. You. There's a set of rules. There's a set of parameters mm -hmm. that you got to somewhat stay within those parameters. And in life, those parameters are pretty freaking big. I mean, don't murder people, stuff like that. Right. But yeah. I mean, most of the time, but then other than <laughs> staying within those parameters, that's exactly it, man. It's laying out that game. Where do I want to go? What do I want to achieve? Yeah. That's how we've, so we've taken everything we've been, um, even the, the, you know, program here, cause it's literally, these guys have the opportunity to do everything. So we have found that for them, that's almost too overwhelming. They're just like, 
I can do it. We're like, yes, you can do anything. And they're like, we don't know where to start. We're like, okay, well, cool. Start here. And they're like, no, we don't want to start there. And it's like, okay, cool. So how do we get them? How do we almost coax them into doing stuff? So we're like, all right, we're essentially making a game out of this whole thing. So life is this big giant buffet. It's this big giant menu. And all we need you to do by the end of this session is to spend X amount of dollars here at the restaurant. We don't care if you spend the money on this food, this food, this food, and this food, but spend that money, earn those points. We gamified everything. We put points attached to everything. We're like, get this many points. How do you want to get your points? Mm -hmm. You want to get points running the business. You want to get points creating a movie. You want to get points, um, you know, going in the kitchen and cooking food for everybody. You want to like, how do you want those points to be accumulated? to make a game out of that whole thing. I think it's a brilliant way to, to go forward and, and get stuff done. I really do. Gentlemen, I'm going to open up uh, Q&A so that you guys, so that you guys can, can throw some questions out there. And we got Aditya up there. So you can start putting your hands up and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it out. But one of the things I want to, before, we, um, before I call on them real quick too, one of the things that, um, I want to say it, it's, it's what I. It's one of the things that I appreciate um, about you, about Mark, um, about Chris, about that whole about that whole crew and, and everybody that's over there too, is much like the stereotype that is perpetuated that school and education are the same things now, which I think are, are provably not. There is still this stereotype of, okay, cool, you got a dude that's that's built and and the dude's an athlete or he's a power lifter he's a jiu-jitsu or whatever then there's okay well then they're kind of these heathen knucklehead you know whatever right mm -hmm. that thing's that still persists oh yeah absolutely it still persists and we talked to these guys about being the gentleman and then and the savage uh -huh. right it's uh -huh. you got to be able to be both yeah um and that means a balancement the guy that can be the savage from a physical standpoint entrepreneurial standpoint whatever that if that when the time comes to do that but that you are operating as this gentleman that you have a level of sophistication that you have a level of awareness that you have an ability to you know, walk into a bar room and handle business just as much as you can walk into a boardroom or a ballroom, mm -hmm. right? And having those abilities. And you guys are, uh, I, I believe, a phenomenal example of that and of those abilities, you know? So I just, I very much appreciate that um, because, you know, you guys end up being guys that young guys like this can look to yeah. and go, man, okay, there are plenty of examples out there of the guys that are the savage gentlemen, you know, it's a... Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And one thing I don't want to do whenever I, I talk about a lot of the stuff when it comes to college is there are certain things that definitely need Go. degrees. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Right. Um, there's nothing wrong with it at all. Because I, I think that um, obviously nowadays because there's so much possibility, like a lot of people can see themselves being an entrepreneur or business owner, but there is a level of it being Gary talked about this. Yes. There's a level of it being glorified. Um, and a lot of yeah. people don't realize maybe how much might go into that, how much how difficult it really can be. Yeah. Um, and if someone if somebody gets a job, there's nothing wrong with getting a job. I just think that the, the idea needs to be that find something that you like to do, yeah. okay? Like Because nowadays, because there's so much that can be done, yep. there shouldn't be a reason that you just settle into something that you really exactly. don't like exactly. because maybe it pays the bills, et cetera. And I know yeah. everyone's in different situations, but at the same time, I think a majority of people, especially now that people that are younger, you have even more opportunity and time yeah. that you can really figure out that thing you're interested in and dive into that. Yes, man. So. Absolutely. That peace of mind um, and that, that happiness piece, man, that's uh, huge. Gentlemen, no, that actually just reminded me of a story too, on, um, but I'll, I'm going to let these guys ask some questions first. All right, Aditya, you're up, sir. And I, and I was just kidding earlier. You are still a very handsome man. 
thank you sir and thank you sir for coming on uh, so as a fellow gamer i really struggle with you know uh, open ended problem problem solving but you know how in games like you have the steps already given right like when if there's a quest or something you know what to do and even though i've i've studied about how you know like you break down the problem into like smaller steps like i still find that very very hard to do so was that something you struggled with as well and how did you actually resolve it okay um i think especially when it came to some of the things that i was doing maybe when i started working with people online i didn't know where to even start i didn't know what i should charge people i didn't know how like what to start doing there so i looked for people who already kind of did what i wanted to do um in in a way i looked for mentors so i worked with somebody his name is alberto nunez back in uh 2013 he was an online coach with this really good online team team 3dmj and when i hired him to be my coach to get me ready for some shows i also used that time to ask him literally kind of like can you just give me an idea of what you read to learn about all this stuff specifically the stuff that he learned as far as programming for people but also just like how he did what he was doing i didn't i didn't want to like take too much of his time in the way that I, i didn't need him to tell me everything he did because that's not what i hired him for i hired him to get me ready for a show but i built a relationship with him where i was able to become a friend where i was able to ask okay how did you get into this how did you learn about this what did you read to learn about this because i think that when we have a lot of things we're trying to do The big thing is we don't even know which resources we need to start with. Like what should we read to learn about X Y and Z? Because there's a lot of information out there. But there are people who have done it that know the relevant sources of information that you can then look towards so you can save yourself some time in terms of figuring out how to do what you're trying to do. Mm. So for a lot of other things that I did, um and I was trying to learn how to do I knew people who already did it pretty well or I knew of people so I would just do I did my best to try to ask them what their resources were rather than just asking them what they did so more so what did you read maybe what mm-hmm. forums did you go to who who did you look up online or who who were your resources online where you learned this stuff from because people can very quickly tell you their resources whereas if you're trying to dig deep You can network with them and you can have good conversations with them, but that will take more of their time and you need to be able to figure out a way that you can give them some type of benefit for taking their time. So mm-hmm. that that would be cuz you can find all these things on your own, but a much easier way and get a way to get rid of steps is find people who've already done it and try to retrace some of their steps to see how you can get there yourself. Yeah, I I love I love that answer too. Um it resonates that resonates with me quite a bit. I have a lot of people will reach out and go, "Okay, you know, I'm pulling my I'm pulling my kid out of of uh traditional conventional K through 12 right now. Um what are the like what do I do? What do I do? My kids are, you know, 8, 12 and 15. What do I do? What does my day-to-day routine look like?" When I get those questions, That's a whole different feeling than when they say, "Hey, I'm pulling my kids out, you know, they're 8, 12 and they're 15. Um, what are some great resources for me to figure out what I want to do?" I am so much it is so much because and it's a time thing. It's not that I don't want to help somebody, it's a time thing. You get 50 of those and then you're running multiple businesses too. It's like, man, there's just no way 
there's just no way to actually do that. When somebody says, hey, what are some resources? And I can just go, here's here's 10 quick resources for you to take a look at. It's a vastly different, a vastly different thing. I think that's stronger too, because the resources, you, like the resources that you learn these things from, they're more detailed. Yeah, it's going to take yes. that individual more time to read through it or whatever and parse through it. Yes. But at the end of the day, that's what's in there. Bingo. You know? Bingo. So, and then it allows them to also uh, utilize that in their specific scenario. It allows them to bring context. Whereas if I go in, I'm going blind without context, I can tell you what I've done with my kids or certain kids, but that's not contextually the same thing at all. Um, it allows them to apply that too. That's powerful, man. Yeah, I like that. All right, Kaleo, there's a fellow jujitsu guy right there. Go for it. Thank you, Mr. Insima, for coming on. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Insima? Thanks, man. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks for making me look bad, Kaleo. Appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> So my question for you, sir, is what was your most influential mistake in your past? Not understanding taxes when I started my business. Oh. <laughs> oh. Why don't they teach you taxes oh. in school? Goodness gracious. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Oh, man. The government comes to you real quick. Dude, real quick. <laughs> real quick. Dude, and that, dude... That is something legit. Actually, after we get done here, too, I actually wanted to like I just learned some stuff this week, uh -huh. this week, because we try to bring we bring, you know, tax scenarios into to what we're doing and stuff here. But even this week, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to change my whole perspective on yeah. stuff. So there's some stuff I want to tell you about, too. But yeah, I mean, no, that's huge, man. Yeah. Uh, if OK, so if you do ever end up starting a business or uh, an LLC or a sole proprietorship, just you got to understand that there's a certain amount that you're going to pay at the end of the year and you don't want to spend all your money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I was early, when I was early on, I was like 21 when I started doing it, man, like I didn't have that type of understanding. Um, so it was really, it was, it was a tough lesson to learn, but I learned it. Um, so there's that. It's an expensive tuition. It's an expensive to tuition, learn. but it's, 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 it's all right. But let me say uh, another influential mistake. Hmm. I think more so, I wouldn't call it a mistake, but you know, when I got, when I got injured in college, my goal when I was playing soccer in college wasn't just to finish my degree and going towards, because I wanted to be a doctor at the time, but I, I learned that I didn't need to do that. Actually, you know what, here, this would be something that I think would be really beneficial. When I was in my undergrad, I was a biomedical sciences major. I wanted to go, going towards being, met, go towards uh, being a doctor. Um, and in my junior year, that's when I volunteered in the ER to learn what doctors did. At that time before, like I had an idea of how what doctors did and like how they uh, how they lived, but I didn't never I didn't ever experience it. Mm. So when I was a junior, I volunteered at the UC Davis ER for about eight months. I volunteered there for about ten to twelve hours a week, um, and I spent that time talking to a lot of doctors, interviewing a lot of doctors, and kind of just learning how they lived. And that's where I realized that that's not what I wanted to do. Um, and that was three years into my, that was three years into my college education. Yep. That's when I left because I was like, I don't want, I know I don't want to do this. And when I interviewed a lot of those docs, the big thing that I learned was quite a few of them, more of them than I expected, didn't actually enjoy their life. Mm. Like they didn't like going into the hospital every day. And the hospital in and of itself was a very depressing place to be. I realized that a few months in, I was like, wow, am I about to get a degree and then be here until I'm 60 something, like in a hospital space? 
that would suck. All right. So, uh, but a lot of them, because they already were so deep into what they were doing, they wish they could do something else. But when you have a family, when you have kids, when you have people that depend on you, and you're already doing something that makes you a good amount of money, it's hard to just turn away from that and do something else that you have more interest in. So, that in and of itself had so much influence on me because it made me really start thinking about, okay, money's, money is going to be very important, but how do I want to set up my life so that I enjoy my life with, while doing the things that I actually like to do? Because I'm going to spend 30, 40, 50 years in a certain field, right? I don't want to hate that time. That's a lot of time. And if, even if it's just eight hours a day of going to work, doing a job you hate, that is eight hours a day compounded over a week, months, years, decades. That's a lot of life being lost, doing something that you really don't like to do. And I, I saw men and women that were doing things that they didn't want to do because they already put, put so much time into it. So, I mean, yeah. that, that was like I dropped yeah. out on year three of college. Someone yeah. could say, oh, you could have just finished. Someone could say like, oh, you wasted time. But I think that that was a big mistake that I learned a lot from that had me head towards what I'm doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. Learning what not learning what you don't want to do. Yeah. And learning you wasted that time, early. but not as much as you could have had you stayed in college. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Bingo. Yeah. Great question, Cleo. All right, Aiden, you're up, sir. Hey, thank you, sir, for coming on the call. I have two questions for you, if I may. Um, so, so my first one here for you was uh, being a natural athlete and pursuing physique sports and strength sports to an elite level. What made you decide to, to stay natural? What, what made you decide to, to stay on that path of being a natural athlete? Because it, it, it is so pervasive, uh, you know, su super physiological doses of uh, exogenous hormones at those levels. You watch uh, Derek? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could say that. Just a little <laughs> bit. Okay. All right. I'll answer your first question real quick. Um, I started playing sports when I was six. I started lifting when I was 13 years old. Social media wasn't even on the map when I was that age. Like when I started lifting at 13, there was no Instagram. There was no YouTube. Well, YouTube started when I was like 16, 17. But there was none of this stuff. So I was able to literally just lift and be naive. I was able to lift without influences from other people. I, I see how difficult it is. For younger guys who start lifting at 16 or 15 or 14 these days because on the internet number one you see all these other individuals who are big and they're, they're, they're they they have size or whatever but then you get all these individuals who are like well there's no way in hell you're going to get that big if you don't take drugs there's no way in hell you're going to be able to do this if you don't take drugs if i had somebody saying telling that in my ear when i was 16 or 17 i would have found it really hard to just stay the path mm. i was lucky enough to be in a place where I could just train and be consistent and be patient because I wasn't looking or comparing myself to a bunch of other people all the time. Mm -hmm. That's a new problem that you have to deal with nowadays. Mm -hmm. But even though you have to deal with that problem, I think that it's awesome that there's so much information on how to train, how to handle your nutrition, how to handle all these things. There's so much information on how to do it. But the big thing that I don't see a lot of people really talking about in those fears is it takes a long freaking time. Yeah. Like, it, you should, Okay, so the, the, the host of the Mark Bell's Power Project, Mark Bell, right? He started also lifting when he was 13. And he didn't take anything until he was 25 years old. So he was already lifting for 12 years. He was already really big. He put in a lot of work, but he knew he wanted to take that to another level, so he did that. 
I'm not going to take anything. I don't need to because I've already been I've put in 16 years and I've been very happy with what I'm able to achieve. But no matter if anyone chooses to take that route, I would say that I at least need to put in a minimum of a decade of training, a decade of consistent training to actually see what they can do. Because most people, after five or six years of consistent training, realize I don't really need to take anything. I don't need to. Right. And when I started learning what that stuff was, like learning about steroids and stuff, I already trained for such a long time and I already had such good results that I was like, it's not necessary. Like, there's no need for me to even take that route because I've seen what I've been able to do by training this long. I wonder what I can do with four or five, six more years. Um, so that that's why I didn't. But I know that it is harder for you right now. Because you have so much information coming into you about, oh, yeah, this guy, he's on drugs and he's on drugs and this is natty or not and this is natty or not. I didn't have any of that, dude. Yep. So I honestly can't say that I know I wouldn't have when I was 16 if I was in a lot of your shoes. I, I know it wouldn't be a good idea knowing what I know now. But at that time where there's so many people saying, saying shit to me um, on the Internet, um, I can see why it's a bit harder for you to just train. But that's the thing that people need to do. That's the thing that young guys need to do. They just need to train and learn and build up training volume and get their nutrition on point and do that for years. I think that's the one thing with, with the when it comes to the body, a lot of people don't have patience compared to things when it comes to learning, like mm. learning in school. Like, you know, you're going to be in, in, in whatever school you're in when you're a kid, you're going to be there for more than a decade, probably like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you're going to go for the K through 12 and whatever. Right. Um, learning for a job, trying to like if you're trying to learn coding or whatever, that takes you years. But when it comes to somebody's body, they're like, if they're not where they want to be in a year, they're like, oh, let, let me let me let me let me start doing something. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. And one thing I need to I need to let people know too is that Mark mentions this all the time, and everyone that does take steroids knows this. If you start taking something, you will probably be on something for the rest of your life. Yep. So that's not a that's not a thing you just you just take it once and you're good. Most guys, they are on something for the rest of their life because it does mess with their hormonal levels. It, it does have an effect. And I mean, a lot of those gains aren't permanent. So if they want to stay looking the same, they have to stay on some level of something forever. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think that's an ideal place to be. Yeah. Either way, you're playing a long tail game. It's a long tail game. No matter what. Yeah. So you're either going to play the long tail game of having to keep up or you're going to play that long tail game of putting in the work and putting in that work ahead of time. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you got to trend hard, eat clean and add a hard give up. <laughs> 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 no, but... Uh, I, I suppose I suppose my other question here is co coming up in the next few weeks. I'm looking at launching a, a an online coaching and consulting business that I've kind of been hammering away at for I, I suppose like 12 plus hour days now for the past couple of weeks. If you had to give one piece of advice for for someone going into this industry, this e-learning industry and programming for people, what what would that advice be? Create systems, um, because when you do work with people online. There is the benefit of working with them online, giving them nutrition, giving them or whatever, but create systems so you can get rid of as many variables as possible. Mm -hmm. So systems as far as getting paperwork to people, systems as far as programming. I've created so many different programs for so many different situations. Home gym programs, uh, full gym programs, three-day, four-day, five-day programs, programs for people who have issues with their knees, et cetera. I've created a lot of variables of programming so that because I've worked with so many people through the years, 
I have seen that there are typical avatars of people. Okay, so like an individual that works in a hospital that can only train three days a week and they only have access to their hospital gym equipment or gym equipment that's at like a 24-hour fitness, which is all standardized. I have programs for those types of people and I have variable programs for those types of people. So I would say that you should try to create a lot of different types of programs for different situations so that it will allow an, you to be able to work with more people, okay, while still being able to give them something that is specific for their specific situation. Because within the online coaching realm, there are a lot of people that make, like they'll work with people, but everybody gets the same exact thing. That, that like that's not okay because some people can only train two or three days a week. Some people can train six days a week, but you need to like, they, they can have, just have slower uh, or shorter volumes of training in those training ses sessions. Some people can only do four sessions of 30 minute sessions each week, right? So you need to be able to have very, like have a lot of that so that number one, you can work with more people that way mm -hmm. and you can work with more people effectively yep. because the doctor that train that doctor that works you know seven days a week five seven eight hour days he can't train you know he can't train six days a week he could probably only train three or four consistent days in an hour so you need to have a program ready for somebody like that and if you already have a program ready for somebody like that you don't have to spend the time creating right. that program again and you can just say hey this program's going to work great for you let's get this moving so that's what I would say. Create systems so that you have less overall work to do. It takes a while, but after that's created, a lot of your job becomes much easier. Gotcha. And, and one last question, if I may. So I've been following the uh, the RP guys, Dr. Mike, and uh, the, the JTS guys now for probably uh, four or five years. And that, that's where I've learned most of this, if not all of this. Is there any other resources that you've used to kind of accrue the, the base of knowledge that you have around programming and so on and so forth? Um, if you haven't gotten it, the two basic books are The Muscle and Strength Pyramids by Eric Helms. You probably already have them, but if you don't, uh, The Muscle and Strength Pyramids and Nutrition Pyramids by Eric Helms, it's a really good book. Gives some good ideas on programming there. Um, I would say start thinking a little, unless you only want to work with individuals that are like bodybuilders, um, start thinking a little bit outside the box of the people you pay attention to. Because when earlier, like, that would those people, the guys from 3DMJ, Alberto Nunez, Jeff Alberts, all of them, I would pay a lot of attention to them too. Um, I pay a lot of attention to like those individuals and the guys from Starting Strength. But as I started to kind of do more stuff on my own and work with more athletes that do jujitsu, people that aren't focused on bodybuilding, I started paying attention to people outside of the realm of bodybuilding. Um, guys like Ben Patrick or Knees Over Toes guy. Really good, really awesome dude. Has a lot of different ideas as far as uh, training and physicalities uh, uh, concerned. And a lot of that programming and a lot of the stuff that he uses can be applied to people who do bodybuilding, who do jujitsu, who will do a lot of different sports. Um, who else have we had on our podcast? Jim Wendler, I think, is a guy to look at. I mean, he wrote 531. Five, and 531 yeah. is very low volume. And it's like the accessory work in 531 is low volume too. But a lot of his principles as far as like Actual low volume training can be very effective for when you work with newer athletes. Because newer athletes don't, as you know, they don't need a crazy amount of training volume to be able to make progress. But if you throw too much at them, it could cause injury, it could it, it, it could cause just a lot of issues down the road. So I would say actually look into a lot of Jim Wendler's stuff. We did a podcast with him. It was a really good conversation. Um, 
And you'd be able to learn a lot about being able to program not just for young athletes, but just for individuals who maybe they can't handle a lot of training volume because some people can't recover from high volumes that you would typically see from Dr. Mike or JTS type stuff. So it would be a good idea to pay attention to a lot of that. I would, I would say in general, when it comes to programming, don't close yourself off to ideas. Because when I was younger, my problem was that once I learned a few things and I was like, oh, this is cool, and I had a, from a few good sources, I was like, okay, this is the way to do things. And I closed myself off to a lot of things that I wouldn't have personally done in the gym. But because I did that, I stunted my growth in terms of learning what I could do for people. And actually even learning what would be effective for myself because I thought I was right. When I started to open up my mind to a lot of different types of other training modalities, it made a world of difference for myself athletically, but then it made a world of difference for the people that I work with. Perfect. No, no, fantastic. And then going forward here, potentially, the, uh, I, I suppose, the next week and a half or two, is there any possibility that I could go ahead and contact you offline, maybe shoot you an email, something like that? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. This guy's, uh, Aiden, give me what... what it, what records you currently have out there, Pennsylvania? Uh, yeah, so I, I'm the state record holder for the, uh, the bench press in Pennsylvania for my weight class, which is uh, 75 kilo, even though I, I ended up weighing in at like uh, 70 kilo whenever I ended up pressing that with a, it was, uh, I think the record is, it was 110, 110 kilo. And then the most I've done in competition is 115 kilo. And then I ended up doing a squat of uh, 155 kilo in competition. And then I, I have a poverty deadlift, so I ended up pulling 177 kilo. Yeah. But that'll go up over time. How old are you? Awesome. Uh, 16. Bruh. Bruh. That's awesome. I wasn't that strong when I was 16. Yeah, I was awesome. doing all bodybuilding stuff when I was 16, but God dang, man. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah it's legit. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, it's legit. In RV or death. Yeah, and obviously knows obviously knows his stuff too, yeah. man. That's legit. Yeah, Wendler's, um, I, I love the that continuous open curiosity man and that's one of those things that i think martial arts is is great for too is you are you never arrive i mean there is mm -hmm. always somebody better there's always different ways to try things there's always new techniques to try there's always different ways to try to solve solve those problems and if you can take that mentality into literally everything and realize that there is always a way to to adapt and to get better uh, and you just remain curious uh, enough to do that and like you said stop being right about freaking everything um yeah changes changes everything man changes everything it allows for, that's another thing that allows for peace of mind too because you don't have to feel like you're the you're the expert it's just you're open to you're open to those conversations be you know? okay with it's being a big deal. wrong man that's the thing be okay right. with being wrong because I, I think it's just like especially within within fitness everyone's like oh i have the right program mm. i have the right training mm. structure i have this and i have that or yeah. this is the right way to do things yeah. And I think the great thing that I've learned from the podcast and having such a range of different guests on is that, number one, there are so many different ways to do things. Yep. And there are so many ways that I'm doing things that might not be optimal or ideal. Mm -hmm. And I'm totally okay with that yep. now. Yep. Um, but when I was younger, I was like, once I learned some things and that once I knew that this worked, I was like, this is the way. That's the thing. Like, this is the yep. way. Yep. And it's just, that's not the case. So I think it, it's like, be okay with being wrong. Be okay with saying, I don't know. And being be okay with trying stuff that is totally out of your wheelhouse. Totally. And that you have, you know, that, that, that you're not that knowledgeable on. But be okay Absolutely. with trying it out to see if it works. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, gents. Last three, we got Fenley Steel. I love that name. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. You're up, sir. Thank you for coming on, sir. Um, my question for you is, what are you currently working on improving in your personal life 
uh, and your professional life? There's a lot of things. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things. But in my personal life, I would say that... um, So within the past few months, I've had a lot of uh, people that are close to me tell me that I'm a workaholic. And this Mm. hasn't this. And, and, you know, the the thing is, is like I personally I don't look at things that way necessarily because like I enjoy the stuff that I do. But I do see myself spending a lot of time working Um, and it's necessary at this point in time. So I justify it. But I think that personally, because I do spend a lot of hours doing what I do, I've been trying to work harder at fostering relationships within my life. Personally, this is just a personal thing. Um, because I think that one great thing is when you do find something that you really love to do and things that you're really interested in progressing, you can sink time into it. And that the thing is, is you know that this is time well spent. <laughs> because mm-hmm. this is heading, this is helping me head towards something yep. I like to do. And this is helping me head towards the future I want to have. And I like these things. But there, we all have people in our lives that maybe they look to us for advice or maybe uh, they, they, they value our relationship. And it is somewhat necessary to, 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 to foster that. So in my personal life, I'm trying to just make sure that I try to actually schedule time for the people that are important for, to me mm-hmm. um, so that those relationships don't fall off the map or they don't feel neglected by me. Because I know that I have made people feel that way because I have been so focused on the things that I was currently doing. Um, and you can find yourself, like a lot of you guys, when you're going to be working, you're going to find yourself putting in a lot of hours and you're going to find relationships potentially in your life just kind of going to the wayside. But, I mean, as much as our work and our businesses and the things that we do are important, so is our family and our relationships. And potentially, if you guys, have, if you guys ever do have significant others in the future, those, that's going to be important, too. And you can't let that fall to the wayside totally because of work. Like, you got to get your stuff done, but you got to make sure that you schedule things well enough and you plan things well enough so that the important people in your life have time with you if they are as important to you as you are to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's one thing I'm working on in my personal life. Uh, in my professional life, there's a few seminars that um, I'm going to be taking a part of over at over at our gym that that's coming up. So um, I'm constantly brushing up on, uh, I guess, education on things that I currently do as far as movements, coaching, etc. And I'm doing a lot of that right now because the, the seminars coming up are going to take me or going to have us working with people. Um, and I've never done a seminar before. Mm. So I guess I'm just trying to get better at that skill so that when the seminar comes my way, I'm not uh, totally blindsided by what we're about to do. Mm. So that's a, how long are the seminars? Um, it's probably going to be maybe two or three hours. OK. Yeah. All right. Cool. So yeah, it's. Uh, that's we're cool. done a seminar. Yeah. But. No, I mean you'll be you'll be you'll be great and that whole team over there will be great too. You'll be surprised at how much um the it just fuels you while you're doing it and the energy yeah. all around it and you'll be surprised at the drop off afterwards too where you're just like I mean mm-hmm. it just it takes everything out of you because there's so much mental energy that goes in there but you guys will be you guys will be stellar, man. Yeah. You guys will be killer on that. You uh, know, real quick I, I'm just curious. Have you? Did you ever hear about the? Uh, or have you ever done or suggested people the Jordan Peterson self-authoring series? Um, I have not. So yes and no. Um, yes, we started going down that road because we've got a Jordan Peterson 
fellowship um, through Acton's MBA program. Mm. So there's a there's kind of this loose relationship there. So we started going down that because we were going to look at integrating it here. Um, and we actually had pushback from a, uh, some of our high schoolers, but that was a year and a half, two years ago. So I actually need to revisit that. I'm just saying the self-authoring thing is something I wish I knew about yeah. or maybe I wish it was as a parent when I was a teenager because I think I ended up doing it. I'm 29 now, so I know I did like five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And you know how it takes you through your past, future, and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you, you, Well, I did the whole thing, and it helped me really map out everything that I really wanted to head towards and everything that I wanted to do. And when mm-hmm. I took a look at it like earlier, like late last year, I think, the things that I wrote down that I really wanted to do and I mapped it out in detail were the yeah. things that I was doing. Right. And I think that that was kind of crazy because since I was able to map all those things out, I was able to have an easy or not like, yeah, I was able to have a clear trajectory of this is what I want to do. This is how I think I'm going to get there. And that's how I got there. Yeah. Right. So I'm actually going, I'm I'm slowly going through it again so I can try to map out the next few years again. Yeah. And I think it's just a super useful tool. It's a lot of writing. It's a lot of hours, but it's useful. I know it's very useful. And, and, um, I mean, I think that is a great way for, especially for type A kind of people to really have to organize, to have to organize our thoughts. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that would be a powerful tool. For, I mean, I, I want, I want to do that for myself. I think it'd be a powerful tool because I yeah. find my own, my own brain with, you know, 300 million ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a, a great resource, man. I'll have to dive back into that. Yeah. Um, one thing you said on the workaholic side too, um, man, like, cause I've had multiple people say that. over the years and i'm curious what you think about like i always uh, now the way i've started to to look at that when somebody's like hey you're a workaholic i really think for that specific kind of phrase or that kind of um intent right is i go okay the messenger matters on this it does right the messenger matters because the messenger's a big deal on that because if my wife says that to me then there is probably something i am missing Mm -hmm. as far as our relationship but if it's somebody who, you know, is is outside the, you know, I know that they're relatively unhappy with their life altogether. They like to complain without doing things. Then I know that they're the ones that are missing something and they're projecting that on me. Mm-hmm. Right. So somebody's missing something. Those words come up. Is it me or is it them? And that's kind of the way I've looked at it. That's I'm a big deal. Right now. No, that, that's a big deal. The messenger is a big deal because some people just say that to you because, yeah, they're not happy with what they're doing. They yeah. they see you really, really working and maybe they maybe they're. They're a little bit jealous of you being able to do something you want to do and putting a lot towards it. But in my case, there was a little bit of legitimacy within that because yeah, I yeah, did yeah. I did see um, like myself kind of taking away time from like important relationships yes. in my life because I have stuff that I have to get yes. done. Yes. So I realized yep. that number one, I can still put in the same amount of work. Yeah. But. It is necessary for me currently to schedule in Bingo. time for yep. those things. Yep. And that's something I wasn't doing. Yep. You know, when you don't, I can make time for all the work I have to do. Right. But when I'm not making time or finding segments of time to spend with right. the people that are important to me, then that can really have an effect. And yes, as long sir. as I can make that time for them, then 
things yes, can be okay. So I, that that that's the thing. Yep. Like you, you you know you you've been married, so like you yep. have way more experience with this than I do. Um, but you have to make time for people that are important, along with making sure that you handle all your responsibilities that's as far exactly, as your work. That's concerned. exactly right. And when when you have kids, it only exacerbates oh, that. You know, and so you got the kids because that's where yeah. you know when I got my kids going, Daddy, oh my gosh, Daddy, you work so much. You know, it's just like mm. I know what that really I know what that's really saying. I yeah. know what that means, and it's like okay, I need to figure out we need to figure out something and that's where the answer is is that schedule you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely man all right josiah you're up sir thank you sir uh i was just wondering uh what helped you keep going when you felt like quitting in life that goes with anything entrepreneurship soccer hmm what helps me keep going um I think the the big thing that helps me just like keep things moving is that I've I have a I have an ideal like future that I'm I'm trying to head towards uh, and I do keep that in mind like I'm very I'm very in the present with a lot of things I do because it's it's very easy to only focus on what you don't have yet or mm. or, or or the future and all of that and that it, it's good to have those goals. Um, but I think that, I think actually one big thing for me is I have a lot of things that I do that help alleviate my stress over time and alleviate those feelings because the only times that I've felt, this is just, this is personally, I can't say that this is something that works for everybody or is for everybody, but when when it comes to me and physical activity, so me and exercise or going to the gym or me and, and uh, doing jujitsu, those things actually allow me to calm down and focus and feel less stress and feel less anxious. The only times I've ever felt a lot of anxiety in, in life was times that I actually wasn't able to physically have output. Um, so these were times where I was injured uh, and I literally couldn't run or I literally couldn't lift, I couldn't do anything and I was literally just stuck. Um, and I realized that the fact that I can do those things, those things help me be less anxious. Um, those things help me be less stressed. And those things help me have the ability to focus on the things that I have to do. So there are certain habits that I have set up in my life that I know that if I can do these things, my mind is going to be in a good enough place for me to actually take action on the things that I need to do even when I don't feel that motivated to do them. Number one, it's as simple as getting enough sleep each night because I know how big of an effect sleep can have on my hormones, sleep can have on my stress and on my, on my actions. The nights that I only manage to get five hours of sleep, I wake up the next day unmotivated and I wanna stay in bed. And sometimes maybe I do stay in bed for 20 or 30 minutes, but I can understand why that happened because I didn't actually get enough sleep the last the night before. So I wake up feeling like crap, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I, uh, there are certain things like getting enough sleep, um, making sure that I actually work out or do something physical each day. These things, some of these habits are the habits that allow me to have so much energy and so much motivation for the things that I'm trying to do. And I know it might sound so simple, dude, but really think about this. Like when you get four hours of sleep and you wake up and you know there's a bunch of things you got to do, it's hard to build up the motivation to do those things because you already wake up feeling like crap and you're yeah. like, wow, this is about to be a crappy day. Yep. And every, cortisol, which is your stress hormone, all these things are heightened that just don't make you feel good. And when you don't feel good, it's very hard to try to have this intrinsic motivation to do the hard things that you have to do. That's why the number one thing for me, and I know it's, it's probably a given since I'm within the industry of health, but the number one thing for me is making sure everything as far as my health is in check because I know that if that's in check, 
everything up here yeah. is also going to be able to work the way it needs to work so that I can then go do all the things I need to do. And I know I've, I've had those times where my health wasn't, I, I wasn't getting enough sleep. I wasn't focused on that type of stuff. And everything else was just so much harder for me. I, I couldn't focus. I didn't have motivation. I couldn't focus on the things I needed to do for more than 20, 30 minutes. But I know that if I can handle these things, everything else is easier. So that's, that's how I would say would, would, would be one of the biggest things for you to be able to be motivated. Make sure that you are actually I'm taking care good. of your health, have feeling good. Mm -hmm. If you're not feeling good, it's going to be hard to motivate yourself to do the things you got to do. True so story. all that stuff has to be in check. True story. Yeah. Good question, Josiah. All right, Kai Guy, you are the honorary last question. It is up to you, sir. My question is, out of all the skills that you have, what skill would you say made you like who you are today? I would say that um, speaking. Mm. Uh, and I, I'm not, I've never done, like, I just, I came to this TED talk that Matt did here. I was like, whoa, these, these people are amazing. I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Um, but I say specifically within the industry that I'm in, or the, the, the fitness industry, uh, a lot of people put forward things, but they're, they don't speak to people. Mm -hmm. When I started making videos back in like, I think 2013, I my my focus was speaking into the camera and speaking to people. And by the way, I sucked. Um, <laughs> I I don't even. I, I went back a long time ago. Not even a long time ago. A few months ago to look at, some, look of at some of those videos first videos I made. <laughs> and the cringe, yeah. Yeah, like uh, the, the yeah. cringe. Like I was like, oh my yeah. god, this is so yeah. bad. Like Jesus, <laughs> it was so horrible. But at the time when I put it far, I'm like, oh, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but this is the thing. It's like I put it forward and then I made another one and then I put it forward and then I made yeah. another one. And then um, I just I continue to learn, I guess, <laughs> not just by reading, but by wa watching other content creators, just like how to do things better, how to how to communicate better, how to use like just I just learned how to communicate with mm -hmm. people. And I think nowadays that's that's that plays a big part in terms of what I do. Because a lot of everything that I do as far as content creation on different platforms, as far as the podcast, um, as far as speaking with my clients, there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of speaking to people. And I think my biggest thing now is, is, is since I've been doing it for a while, it's my ability to speak to people yeah. um, and, to, and to put my ideas forward to them in a way that they can digest those ideas. Uh, so having the ability to look at a different person in a different situation and knowing how I can convey my message to them so that they specifically understand it, because I can't speak to everyone in the same way. Right. For example, there are some clients that I work with that I know I need to be a little bit more stern with. I'm yep. sorry about this. Oh, you're good, But man. I need to be it's a little Ikea, bit more. Man. It's, solid. <laughs> it's, it's not solid. going anywhere. It's solid. But <laughs> I may need to be a little bit more stern with those individuals because that's what works with them. Mm -hmm. And there are certain people I work with that I need to back it off. I need to be a little softer. I need to ask them more questions. I need to, I need to kind of help them get to those answers on their own. And mm -hmm. I learned that by just speaking to a lot of people over the years. Bingo. I think there's the speaking part, but uh, I've, I've, I read a lot. Like I read a lot of books on a lot of different topics. And I think that reading has been something that's not only helped me learn a lot, but has also helped me be able to put forward information in even a much better way. So those two habits of creating content where I'm speaking to people, but then also continuously trying to learn and read, which is something I haven't dropped, which is something I think it's necessary to do for the rest of my life. Um, I think those things 
have played and are going to continue be playing, they're going to continue playing a very big part in my progression as a professional and what I do. Big time. Big time. Yeah, the uh, that communication ability it's a it's a to be able to do that well it's it's all of those things you were saying i mean there is a there's an integrity to there's an integrity behind good communicators so you know what you are speaking about you are continuously educating yourself within that context mm-hmm. right you genuinely actually care about the people you are speaking to right if you don't like people it's hard to be a really good communicator, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it just really is because you uh-huh. could care less if they got hit by a bus. Like it's hard. It's hard to really communicate well with that, right? But then it's also that paying attention and, and that paying attention only comes through experience. And it's that experience of, okay, I'm working with this type of person and this type of, kind of like we were talking about earlier, there's these, you know, sort of avatars for, for humanity and you if you speak to enough people and you really do pay attention, you can start to see somewhat of what kind of avatar they are, or maybe they're a conglomerate of, of these. And so, yeah. okay, in my experience, it'll be effective if I communicate this way. And then even that is there's a scientific method, you know, that's kind of uh, that, that's kind of at play there because you have that conversation, you communicate that way, and then you watch and what is the reaction, how do they behave, right? And then go, okay, now I need to switch it to this. I mean, so communication is uh, it is a, such a multifaceted thing, but I think you hit the nail on the head on all those different facets. One more thing I want to add to that, and I think this has actually helped me out in 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 all avenues of life by doing the podcast. I've had to, I guess learn not not just how to become a better speaker at people but also how to become a better listener mm-hmm. and how to also learn how to maybe if i'm holding a conversation with somebody how to ask the right questions to help the conversation go towards a sure. good place yep. Yep. and uh, i think what a lot of people when it comes to like right now i'm being interviewed by you mm-hmm. um i'm not used to having to be interviewed by people because i'm usually interviewing people right but when I do have conversations with people outside of things, it usually ends up that I'm asking them quite a few more questions. I'm actually very curious about them as individuals. Right, right. And the ability to do that, I do that with my clients all the time. I'm not always talking to them. I'm more so asking them questions yep. and helping them figure out problems. But learning how to ask the right questions to people, especially if you're mm. conversing with them, not only can it help with what you do as far as business, not mm. only can it help with like relationships with friendships and stuff, but it can help with actual relationships yeah, <laughs> like i'm right? just like like uh, like if you're in a relationship with somebody a lot of times like as a dude you might just want to talk 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 yeah. talk talk but learning how to ask the right questions and being inquisitive about that other person n- not a lot of people do that yeah. i've noticed yeah. so learn how to ask questions rather than speaking about yourself learn mm-hmm. how to ask questions about other people and get to know other people because that can be a I don't even want to call it a tool because it makes it sound like it's something that's being used. It's not a tool. It's just like it's a, it's a way of communicating with other people, interpersonal communication where you can just learn about other people and help them feel like they're being heard. If you're asking them yeah. the right questions and actually being inquisitive yeah. about them as individuals. I don't think it's a t- uh, Yeah, I, I see what you're saying on the tool thing. I think it's a form of. Um, it's a form of respect and it's yeah. a form of the right, right? It's like a, it's a form of respect. Like I genuinely want to hear what you have to say and get you. And sometimes just asking those questions, not only does it show that genuine curiosity, but then it allows them to, um, it allows them to work through something without 
you know, they, they can actually, again, contextually for them come to a conclusion uh-huh. versus you going, I got I to gotta figure it out, man. Let me tell you how to do it. Yes. You know, and so then they actually own it. Yes. You know, so again, it's such a respectful way to do it. It's a really good point. Yeah. It, questions are infinitely better than answers. Yeah. I mean, I think that's thematic for us. So much of what we're so much of what we've been talking about today altogether, man. Mm-hmm. Questions are infinitely better than answers. Uh, so good, man. So good. So we're going to release this as an episode of the Central 11 too. I want you guys to um, to give a big thanks, but hold on just one second. Um, where do you like people to go to learn more about what you are doing and, and what can we what can we put links in for everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously Mark Bell's Power Project is, is the podcast. We have a lot of guests on there, so it's pretty awesome. Great podcast. Um, I'm on Instagram at my name, Nsima Inyang. I'm on TikTok at Insima Yin Yang. I make a lot of content there. Um, I'm getting back to YouTube because I've been focused so much on TikTok, but my YouTube's also my name at Insima Yin Yang. If you do want to check, you can see some of the early videos I made uh, on that channel if you are curious. But there's another channel if you want to see how bad of a communicator I was. I, don't, I didn't make videos on it anymore, but it, the channel was called Break the Bar, okay? Um, Break the bar. If you type that in on YouTube, um, there's some old videos of me getting ready for like my show then too. But if you go to like the first few videos, you 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 can see kind of what I'm talking about. It, I I I I shouldn't even told you this, but it makes me cringe. So I think that it's a good <laughs> reference if you'd like to see kind of where I started as far as that to where I am currently. It's called Break the Bar. You can go see some of the first videos. It's rough. That's but it is well, what I, it is. I saw one of your videos. I started it. No, Thanks, man. Fun. Yeah. Have fun with that, brother. Have fun with that. You didn't cringe? It's, right. it's funny because I look at, like, I do some content stuff, but I look at something I made a year ago, and I just am like, I need to delete this. But at the same time, I shouldn't because it's good to know where I started from. But That's it's, it. Yeah. It's like I'm dying on the inside. Like, why did I do it like this? Yeah, don't delete it, man. You'll be so happy you kept it. You'll be so happy you kept it. Keep that there. Keep that yeah. there. Gentlemen, big thanks to Ensima. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, there you go. Check them out on YouTube. Go over to breakthebar.com or check them out at an IG at N-S-I-M-A-I-N-Y-A-N-G. Uh, and uh, you're going to want to give him a follow. And, and speaking of following, we appreciate you guys following along the journey here. And I uh, hope you continue to let people know about it, share the episodes, make, uh, give some comments and reviews and all that good stuff if you've done so. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you next time.